Welcome to Season 3. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. This podcast has evolved, which is no surprise to me, because when you live authentically, you experience a lot of change. Thankfully, it's always a positive change, because when you ditch the coulds and shoulds and let God lead, the outcome is always beautiful. This podcast started as a resource for recovering perfectionists, but has expanded into a place for all to come and be themselves, share their struggles and their victories, giving God the glory along the way. Our world today suffers from an excessive amount of pressure on all sides that leave an individual feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, and eventually hopeless. My guests and myself have experienced all of these feelings at one time or another, which is why these stories and encouragements will inspire and uplift you. Hi friends, welcome to season three of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast. Season three has something extra special just for you. Along with the interviews you love from my authentic guests, you will have the opportunity to listen to the new free audio version of my newest book, The Relevant Old Testament, Illuminating Lessons from Imperfect People. I was inspired to create this audio version for those who want to listen during their commute or while doing the dishes. It is still recommended to sit down when you get a chance and go through this Bible study book as it involves a lot of one-on-one writing time with God. But I believe you will find this audio version helpful as you get started. Each chapter will be recorded as its own episode. Please feel free to share the listening links with your friends. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you, friends, for returning for part two of our interview with Don Ward and the importance of reading the Bible series. Let's jump right in. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Dawn Ward. Dawn is a speaker, writer, and blogger. She is the founder of the Faith to Flourish, a ministry that equips women to thrive by providing inspiring teaching, coaching, and biblical resources to help them cultivate resilient faith, grow through adversity, and live transformed lives. As part of the mission of the Faith to Flourish, she also ministers to women with loved ones struggling with addiction mental health issues, and life-destructive behaviors. Dawn is the co-author of the book, Still Standing After All the Tears Workbook, Faith in the Battle Edition. She has been married to her husband, Steve, for over 40 years and is the mom to three adult children. In her passion to help all women grow in their faith as they learn to become um, better understand the Bible and how to apply it to their lives. So Dawn, it is so wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be able to join you. Yeah, I'm excited to get talking with you because I know we're going to have a lot to share here. So today, um, this episode is part of a series I'm doing, the importance of the Bible series. Um, And I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So I've been on the milk for so long. Right now you mm-hmm. should be feeding others. I ran into that challenge with my group. Uh, the group's been around for about five years. And, you know, again, you know, Facebook has changed a lot over the last several years. And even within groups, your reach is somewhat more limited. 
So I have all of my admits in the group. I'm like, you're posting, everyone should be sharing because, you know, we just have to be encouraging them and giving them hope from all different angles. And, but what I realized was when I would offer deeper studies, you know, deeper opportunities for them to, hey, look, we've got this study. Let's take a look at what the Bible says biblically about addiction. Let's say, let's, you know, really take a look at where you're, you're at with the Lord, where your children are with the Lord, these kind of things. Most of them wouldn't take me up on it. Mm-hmm. Most I of know. them wouldn't. We have in-depth uh, book studies going that help to study the Bible deeper and very few actually participate in yep. it. I know. And the, Lord, and the Lord did remind me, he said, you know, Many of these women, especially the newbies that are coming into the group, they just learn their child has addiction uh, issues and things like that. And they're just in shock. Some of them are on ice. They're on in the ICU unit, you know, because moms have a tendency to have their identity wrapped up in how well their children are doing. And we've all been guilty of that. But um, that's so they're there. But when you start to see them staying there, when, when I've had the opportunity to have a group for a long time. And there's certain ones that the only time they pop in is when they're in crisis and then they want a little bit of the word of God, but they don't, you know, they don't really even have any uh, way to communicate with you when you speak those words of of hope or encouragement from the word, they just thank you. And, you know, that's okay. But when it's five years later, I've seen that handful that have gotten stronger. And even though their situation maybe has gotten worse. Maybe they've lost their child, maybe, but they're still ministering to the other ones. But that is, you know, a, a small segment of a very large group. Yes. And for the most part, the consistency that I see is, you know, lack of time, independent, independent of wherever they're going with Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that I, but, and so it's very small and uh, a very small percentage that, and in some ways it was kind of disheartening. Oh yeah. I, whenever I have a, a new person that comes in to help me with the group, that's so excited and on fire. And all of a sudden they realize like nothing I'm offering, nothing I'm speaking to them. It just seems like it's coming off deaf ears. Mm-hmm. And I said, because we have to remember that this is like, um, like seeker friendly churches in the sense that people can pick and choose. They can go onto social media and they can say, well, I don't like what they're saying over there. And then just go on to another group or another page or you know, and they can get what they want to hear over there. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to be challenged right now, they're not going to listen to the thing, to the, the words that are challenging them that, that are being spoken by teachers that the Lord has, you know, placed in their lives. And so, but it doesn't stop. It doesn't mean that we get to, we get to get out of jail free card and we could go, Oh Lord, well, they're not listening anyway. So, you know, I'm just going to go have tea with my friends and not worry right. about it. No, right. We still have our calling, you know, and we still have our obligation mm-hmm. to speak the truth in love. And, uh, and the Holy spirit constrains us. He teaches us how to speak the truth in love, not mm-hmm. to prove a point, but to deliver his message because it's his loving kindness that leads people to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so we want to teach the word of God and then allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to do the convicting and the drawing and the, um, up, you know, helping them to apply it to their lives. I would say, though, I, I want to add in about the rubbing people the wrong way. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. And, and I've learned this over, you know, few, several years doing ministry now. I cannot. um I should not worry 
about rubbing people the wrong way, because here's the truth. The word of God is offensive. Yes. And um, because if you don't line up with it, you're going to, it's going to offend you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and, and if you don't line up with it, that means, you know, you're, you're not lining up with God's ways. You're not willing to surrender to his ways and therefore you are offended. Right. And so I, I wanted to say that so badly, just as a way of encouragement for anyone that's listening that is doing ministry as well. We kind of hyper-focus on that and think, oh, well, I got to say this different next time or I got to, and this is how I check myself. If someone's upset with something I said, this is how I check myself. I go over my words again. And if they speak only truth, God's truth from his word, I didn't do anything wrong. You didn't. And it is the spirit convicting them in that moment. And then Mm -hmm. they have a choice to respond to the spirit or reject it. Right. right? So it isn't us that offends. Mm -hmm. It is God's word that offends. And let me, let me use a personal example of that. Uh, Okay. So I've had two sons struggle with addiction and uh, both are doing well right now. One's been doing well for, gosh, he's, he's been a good 14 years or so. And then the other one has been, you know, he deals with some mental health issues and, and depression and anxiety and a lot of different things that, that go on there too, uh, but is at a good place right now. And I'm very grateful for that. But as a mother, my heart is inclined to want to say, my poor kids, they're just, they got the, you know, luck of the draw. They got this bad disease and it was genetic and, you know, and they couldn't help themselves. But every time I would try to do that, which is for the most part, even the, the beliefs of the Christian community support, mm-hmm. the Lord would take me to the word. Mm-hmm. And he would say, now, Don, I know you hear over there that lying, che- uh, cheating, stealing, killing is just symptoms of a disease. It's just a behavioral symptom of a disease. But in my word, what do I call it? And I'd say sin. And he goes, they're sinning. Mm -hmm. These behaviors are not symptoms of a disease. These behaviors are sin. And in the old Testament, there's even, they even had, um, you know, they had, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the word. I have COVID brain. I'm still getting over COVID. Uh, but, but basically they addressed sins that were done by mistake. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, you accidentally killed that guy because you tripped, you know, he, you tripped and knocked him, you know, you knocked into him and he fell off a cliff and died. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're like, that's not a sin. Well, you know, but the Bible was saying you didn't mean to kill him. So basically it was like, but you in your anger got mad and pushed him and you didn't mean to kill him, but he died kind of a thing. Right. So it's those type of things where I just meant to push him. I didn't mean to kill him. Well, it right. was still, the Bible still addresses it. The mm-hmm. Bible goes into that. And it's been so good for me to read Leviticus and to read the old Testament, to understand yeah. that um, these little things that we, uh, we, we just say, oh, that little or big things, but we say that they're, you know, that they're, oh, that was just an accident or I didn't mean to do right. that. Or it, I, it wasn't my fault because I didn't mean I shouldn't be, you know, I got bad genes or whatever. So I shouldn't, you know, it's not my fault. I'm addicted. No, the Bible says that we're not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not to be gluttons. We're not to be drunkards. And so when people begin to abuse substances or abuse certain behaviors, 
that the Bible calls sin, when they become enslaved to those, they're now a slave to sin. And the consequence is now your body's getting sick. Your mind is getting twisted. Mm-hmm. So what looks, you know, you're calling evil good and good evil and all yes. of that. And so what happens in the church is we don't address that spiritual part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made me unpopular was mm-hmm. saying, um, you know, yes, talk about the physical, talk about the mental, talk about the emotional, talk about those things, but who's talking about the spiritual and the roots and the things that the Bible discusses here, because the Bible says, confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed and yeah. it, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So are we offering people the opportunity to come to a place of repentance to come to a place where Jesus then says, yes. now let me take you by the hand and let me walk you through the word and let me help you to heal mm-hmm. and let me help you find true freedom and true transformation through me. Right. Or are you always going to label yourself with all of these problems according to how the world labels them and then say you're trapped forever? Right. And so it was a challenging time for me to be, you know, to actually have to face rejection because some of these things that I was saying came across as being judgmental. Mm-hmm. That is not my intention. My intention is to say, how can we not address the spiritual? How can we not yeah. address the word of God in you all know, aspects of life? For me, it was just the ministry happened to be for uh, families with addicted loved ones, but we have to address it. You know, yes. we can't ignore it. And that's where, you know, I faced exactly what you're talking about. Some of these things, like, who do you think you are? You know, how can you even talk to them? Those poor people they're victims. And I'm like, but the Bible says there's an aspect of this that is not, and we should not victimize them. We should allow them to take personal responsibility and then take it to the Lord. Right. And I wanted to interject here about the old Testament, all those laws, all those details, right. Of like, what is sin and, and all those things, uh, because of the new Testament, people like to act like that's all void like null and void. But here's the truth. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means he cares about Mm -hmm. all those things. Now we do have the benefit of the perfect sacrifice, which is Jesus. And so we do not have to pay that debt for our sin, but that does not mean we get to live in sin and right. say that we're living in God, that right. that is not true. You know what I mean? And, and so that people have twisted that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really strongly believe it. No, God, God loves me the way I am. It, he's okay with my sin. No, he's not. No. He is not okay with it. And that you have been misinformed. You have been taught falsely. And if you go to the word, you will find that what I'm saying is true. And then I, I am the, like, I will get called judgmental as well. And I used to be like, oh my gosh, judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental. That's a sin as well. You know, but uh, like the Bible tells us not to, but you know what? I realize now that that's a lie. Mm -hmm. I, I know, I know what I'm doing and I know that I am compelled by the Holy spirit. And I know that I am not being cruel or mean. I am being loving and kind and, and showing them the mm-hmm. truth, because without the truth, Jesus is the truth. 
Right. He's the way he is the life. If, if I don't bring you that I am doing a disservice to you and Mm -hmm. guess what? I can't judge you. Only God can judge and he will judge. And I'm trying to save you from that judgment (laughs) by sharing the truth. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So um, I, I, for a while, I was like, why do we always talk about this judgment thing? I think we misunderstand what judgment means. We think judgment means, oh, you disapprove of me. Right. And right. that's not even the accurate definition of judgment. No. Again, in the Bible, if you read about judgment, you'll know exactly what it is. Right. right. So, so by saying that I'm judging you just because I'm saying, Ooh, actually, no, that that's not of God. That's not okay. And that will hurt your soul. Right. That's not judgment. No, that's not judgment. I'm not being judgmental. I am seeing, it says you are supposed to address your brothers and sisters. If you see them sinning, because you're trying to help them go back the other way. Right. You know, it's, it's so true. And because I've been doing, uh, you know, the addiction ministry thing for so many years, going back to that, I can just use as an, as an example, I've seen the people who got to that place of full repentance. Now we all have to, it doesn't matter whether you're addicted to drugs or you're addicted to shopping or you're a workaholic or, uh, you know, you're addicted to food or you're, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But the truth is, is that I've seen that the people who come to that place of complete repentance and acknowledging their sin before God, Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are happy and fulfilled and they're not relying on, you know, like every day, just trying to make sure that this is the day I don't go back out and and just relapse and use everything again. They're focusing on their relationship with the Lord. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, a hundred percent exempt from temptation and all of that, but because they're on fire for the Lord and hungry for his word, they're now craving God's presence and his word like they used to crave these other addictive behaviors and substances. Absolutely. I come from a family, you know, of alcoholism and I come from growing up in that environment. And I think that has a lot to do with why the Lord called me when I was so young and told me always to be very careful around any of these addictive substances and behaviors my brother, he struggled and got to 800 pounds. My sister struggled with bulimia and anorexia. So the awareness that I could have gone down any destructive path, right? you know, so people are like, oh my gosh, you're a Bible junkie and all this. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah, me too. <laughs> right. Hallelujah. Because, uh, praise God. I would, I don't want to be in bondage to the flesh and yeah. its desires because they give me a hard enough time as it is. So, you know, and idolatry and wanting to satisfy my flesh and wanting to not worry and not be anxious and all these things. It's easy to go towards other behaviors that, and not go and run to the Lord to soothe, to soothe us, to cause us to not have pain, to not have to deal with certain emotions that cause us anxiety and all of that. But as you spend that time and we spend that time in God's presence and in his word, we find that's our source of comfort. He's our source of comfort. Right. And the others are all just, you know, counterfeits. And yeah. And so, and, and, but that takes experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So when we share this, we're sharing it because we're like, Hey, we have the secret. It's not a secret, but we have a secret, you know, because we want you to know exactly. And we want you to be able to embrace this peace because this is not a peaceful world. We live in. No. 
And that is my motivation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that, that is it. Um, and I was, I was going to say, you know, it used to be not even that long ago where I was still like, okay, it's all about Jesus and X and Y and Z. Right. Okay. It's all about Jesus and Y and Z. <laughs> okay. It's all about Jesus and Y and Z, you know, yeah. and then, and then they all went away on, but, but God, but God asked me to let them go. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I can tell you today, I rely on nothing now, but Jesus, like that's it in everything, in every single issue, health, food, clothes, you know, transportation, whatever. It's like, no, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for taking them away one at a time, showing me you only need me. You only need me. And, and, uh, I didn't think it was wrong before because I was like, Oh no, but I still love Jesus. And I'm still reading his word and I'm still seeking him and this, and this, and this, I want to know how to do this better. And I want to know how to do that. But he's like, I can give, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the source. And I'm like, Jesus is my source. Jesus is my source. Jesus is my source, my only source. And I get it. And that is my life now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's confusing to some people. And I understand that I get it. Um, But I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. I'm right right where God wants me. And um, I find comfort in that, in the hard struggle of it, because Mm -hmm. it's not like it's easy. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not like it's easy because I say, you know, when you, when you live for Jesus in a world that hates him, that's not easy. No, that's not easy. When you live by faith in a world that wants self-gratification and, and quick fixes, right? That's not easy. No, um, it's, it's difficult anyways. So what, if anything, what last message do you just really want people to know like something burning in your heart that you want to share? Reflecting over the last couple of years and seeing the attack against the church and seeing uh, the censorship of the church. I'm even aware of uh, some censorship attempts for uh, counselors, Christian counselors, and what they're allowed to counsel as far as you know, just uh, identity, gender identity, and all of that uh, being, you know, from the word of God, that if it contradicts what society says, okay, they're trying to now make it illegal for these Christian counselors to actually be able to pre to teach from the word of God, if it, so in other words, it might be something like abortion being illegal in our country. Well, if the Bible says it's not right, they're looking to make it illegal them to be able to teach from the Bible if it contradicts the law. Mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing a lot of persecution of the church that way. And the Lord is, is telling me that we're going to be facing more difficult and challenging times where we're going to have to stand for our faith. And it's going to not just mean them calling us names, yeah. that as these days become you know, cl- closer to Christ's return, We're going to have more and more persecution, more and more uh, where our lives could actually be threatened. Yes. And we know that that's going on for the persecuted church in the rest of the world. Uh, We've just been in a little bubble here 
in North America and in America. And so I started to think about that. I was like, Lord, if, um, if my child was, you know, being tortured in front of me, or if something like this was going on, would my faith stand? Mm -hmm. Would it stand? And would I be able to, you know, encourage them to trust Jesus as they're going through this persecution that could even mean the end of their life. And that's the kind of thing that we're going to be facing. We're not exempt from it. We have no, felt we're not secure behind the walls of our government and behind, um, you know, our capitalism and the things that we, the way that we live in this country, but we've been very myopic in our faith and very naive in our faith Yes, because we haven't looked at you know, like what's going on over there and said this so easily should be impacting us. We should be feeling for the persecuted church and we should understand that it could happen to us too. Oh yeah. And so the Lord gave me a scripture that's brought me a lot of peace, but I know it's because of my relationship with him. And that scripture is Jude 1 24 through 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that's my passion is to say, do you know that you don't have to be afraid Do you know that you serve a God that loves you so much that in the face of terrible persecution and even unto death, do you know that his disciples did not deny him? They went to their deaths. They were martyred for Christ. Many thousands of followers were martyred for Christ and they did not deny him Mm -hmm. in the end because he carried them. His word proved to be true. And we have these great men and women of faith in the book of Hebrews, you know, where we can go back and we can look and we can say, look what they went through. And yet Mm -hmm. their faith sustained them. They loved God and that passion and that word of God lived in them to take them to the very end. And that's what I want. That's where my passion is at right now is Mm -hmm. to say to the church, you don't have to be afraid. You really don't have to be afraid no matter what it is. You don't have to be afraid because you have a God who has carried faithfully his people through to the very end and he presents us before god on the throne without spot without you know with great joy he goes look at her this is she made it god here she is yeah because he presents us his church his bride Mm -hmm. and he's asking and requiring of us that our lanterns that our lamps be oiled and that we be ready and not be one of the five virgins that wasn't ready and was naive and behaving behaving foolishly Mm -hmm. and that's our that's my passion I know that's your passion is to help us live as wise yes and you know what I want to say this before before all the COVID stuff yes we didn't need to fear because God has already numbered our days. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, he knows he, when he brought us into this world, he knew exactly how long we were going to be here. That Amen. has not changed. So for me, it's like, why are we so scared? God's in control. When you're going to go, you're going to go. That's right. That's it. Exactly. No man is going to save you from death. That's right. Jesus, right. Jesus saved you from eternal death. Mm-hmm. And that's it. On this earth, we all will die. So 
if you know Jesus and he is your savior, you have nothing to fear. I, wow. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you. Um, and, uh, last question, final question. How can we support you and stay connected to your journey? Well, thank you so much for asking. So I do have a blog and I try to blog there about once a month. So that's the faith to flourish.com. And I would love it if, as I'm going through this transition and the Lord is helping to kind of expand my reach a little bit, I would love if people would sign up for my email list. Even if uh, right now they look at it and they go, gosh, it seems like it's leaning a little bit more towards addiction and that's not my thing. I'm, I'm you know, gradually making those changes to where it will, that will be a branch. But my desire is to really be connecting with women and helping them to grow in their knowledge and understanding of the word of God. So I will be having, I'm in the process of finishing up a couple of Bible studies that I'm writing. I'll be able to offer some of those to them as well. So they'll hear about that when they sign up for my email, then I'll be able to send some of that information out when the time comes. And then I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and you know Twitter and Facebook. So I can be found on those social media sites as well. Wonderful. So we got to make sure we have all those links so people can click them in the notes okay. of the show. Great. Thanks. Um, but thank you again for your time and just for everything that you shared. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for asking me. I just love talking about the Lord and about his <laughs> words. So I'm so grateful you gave me the opportunity. Yes, me too. <laughs> Hi friends. I'm so glad you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support and help share its uplifting message, you can leave a positive review on Apple or Spotify. To donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month, simply click the Anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the Anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says Support and select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact on the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.